In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 52, I Can Do Better. Anything you can do, I can do better. By the way, can I say how many times I've had that song in my head this yes, week? Yes, And so I don't much. even remember where that song came from. It sounds like, like a Broadway a, musical yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm thinking so. I think so, too. Anything you can do. I can do better. better. And then it was in like a Nike commercial for a while. And there were two athletes. That's what I remember it most from. Yes. So picture that. Here are beautiful singing voices as we just did that reenactment. You get sort of get the theme. And think of Nike dollar bills, y'all. And that's us. (laughs) (laughs) Are we getting sponsored by Nike? I think so. I mean, I think we're their target demographic, right? What's that say? Just put it out in the universe. (laughs) And it will send it back? Yeah, just reap those rewards. Isn't that like the basis of that, the secret? (laughs) The secret that took over the nation for a while? It's like, just think about what you want and and manifest it. You want to be a millionaire? Think about it. Millionaire. I think about that a lot. It's not happened so far. It's just a really lack. I think there's a South Park episode with that too. Like a complete lack of a business plan in there. For sure. (laughs) Do this. Money. (laughs) Think about being a millionaire. Millionaire. So it's like your. Yeah. It's like your plan to take down Jeff Bezos. If you just keep thinking about it enough. You don't have to do any work. I don't have any real direct steps yet. Me. Jeff Bezos. Takedown. That's all we need to know. That's it. The universe will apparently provide my dream board and it's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) what i would love is if you had an actual dream board Uh however i have seen there is no such dream board unless you're hiding it somewhere well i don't keep my dream board out and say i don't want anyone else to have my dreams that's a good point. i want my dreams i bet one of your shelves has like a a secret compartment (laughs) behind it you pull one of the shelf out yeah yeah. it opens Uh dream board 
Wow. On things on my dream board. Ryan Gosling. Oh, <laughs> wait, is that for you or for me? Can for we you. share? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Great, 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 my great. dreams for you Thank and you. for myself. <laughs> Ryan Gosling for you and take down of Amazon. So this. Yeah. So did we actually explain the theme at this point? Or no, I don't know. No, I don't Anything think we did. Anything you can do, I can do better. If you can't figure that out, then we already did it better. I mean, you're not even competing at this level. Okay. Anything you can do, I can do it better. <laughs> We're probably specifically talking about kind of rivalries. Yes. A lot of times things that happen maybe in male-dominated fields. You bet. Where women are maybe behind the scenes and really they're actually doing the work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're kind of, yeah, having to do all the actual work while someone uh-huh. else takes the credit. Yeah. Which I can do better. Yeah. So it's kind of a double thing. Like, come on, guys. You can do better. Y- yes, Be you're better. right. Be it is a command. Better. And it's also, them. listen, I am being better, yeah. so why don't you rise to that level? Exactly. Wow. Absolutely. We need that on an inspirational poster. That's a lot we of words, need but yes. <laughs> the font just gets tinier just gets down tiny. the shirt. Like, what? It's almost like an eye chart as you keep yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron, yeah. that mm-hmm. did bring up some questions. It sure did. Including, have you ever been shown up by someone who could actually do it better sure have oh okay yep mm-hmm. i mean multiple times in my life Let's i mean not lie, me but, too yeah that's yeah one of recent which oh. i have discussed with you as well okay. is that I, I it's a sad state it's just a fact when you have a family that you, you have to feed them it's you a do. requirement you do yeah you do you have to keep them alive you yes. have to give them food I'm not going to say I like that process because mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I do not enjoy cooking. I, I like I actually hate it. Mm-hmm. Do I love food? Yes. Sure. Do I love good food? Even better. Uh-huh. Do I love food someone else made for me? God, yeah. Top of my list. Mm-hmm. Me making food, not my favorite. But I, it's always has always sort of That's been like in my wheelhouse yeah. of responsibilities. So Mike and I recently had a discussion and... I had long had the suspicion that he actually really enjoys cooking because mm-hmm. there's a few things that he makes incredibly well. And when he make them, he would get all in. Right. And so I kind of mentioned that I'm, I'm feeling really rut. Like I just, this isn't great. And I more meant just, Hey, let's do this as a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. He ran with it. Yeah, he sure did. And now mm-hmm. I am being shown up on a nightly basis. <laughs> I will tell you that last week I had a meal of salmon, asparagus, and baby potatoes. Oh. To which I sat down and there was a tiny cup of white reduction butter sauce. What? Yep. To dip my salmon or asparagus, whatever I really wanted, in. He zested a lemon. Okay. To which I said, how? We don't have a zester. Yeah. He said, I bought one. Oh, yeah, he's fully committed mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. and fully showing me up because mm-hmm. when I say that I cook dinner, there are times Mason called it dirty old soup. <laughs> so, <laughs> what were the ingredients of dirty old soup? Actually, that's a meal I actually like, but hmm. it was like noodles. It's like a sure. uh, Asian noodle sauce and it had vegetables, kind of a stir fry. Why do you call it dirty? I th- he didn't like the smell. Oh, okay. So well, he called it yeah. dirty old soup. Okay. Dirty old he clearly soup. doesn't understand what soup is, but. Does he call any of Mike's meals by disparaging names? No. Of course not. Because Mike's a genius, and when he mm-hmm. makes that, he also makes Mason like his favorite Kraft macaroni and oh, cheese. Oh, so mm-hmm. he's playing to everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So all of a sudden, dinner time's delightful instead of a battle. <laughs> <laughs> and I am just, I can't even be mad. You're no, doing it better. He, exactly. You're doing it better. Like he's taking that off your plate, mm-hmm. and he's full on running with it. Mm-hmm. 
And didn't you say that grocery shopping now is a whole different experience? It's a whole different experience. Yeah. Mason and I hung out by the lobster tank in Hy-Vee mm-hmm. and discussed what the biggest lobster ever was. Sure. We found it on Google, 44 pounds, if oh, you're interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Mike had in-depth discussions with meat counter people and <laughs> produce people. And he looked for ingredients I've never heard of. Hawaiian sea salt. I don't know what that I is. Go find it either. yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. He... Uh, you know, at first I was feeling a little guilty, like I kind of like I pulled a trick or something because it didn't seem possible. Now I've just accepted that this is my life and it's great. It's glorious. It is glorious. And somehow he'd been hiding his light under a bushel. And now <laughs> <laughs> now he's just letting it shine. Let it shine. This little light of mine. How many songs, <laughs> cheesy songs can we get in one episode? Hopefully they're open. You know, there's no fees associated. No. Yeah. 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 If there are, try. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for Mike for fully exploring this new area of passion in his life. And he's like, I'm the other day I was working and it was past, I mean, he was home and it was like past five, but he comes in and stands right by my computer and says, would you eat a fish taco? And I'm like, in general? Like right now? When is this fish taco appearing? Do you have it in your pocket? Yeah, what like, is I'm this? like, what is this a contest? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. He's like, well, no, I'm planning next week's recipe. Oh, and I was goodness. like, I can't right now, but yes, I'll eat fish tacos. Yeah. Yeah, of course I'll eat fish tacos. I don't care. You're not understanding. I would eat anything that you make because yeah. you made it. When he's and making I don't have stuff to. in the kitchen, is he, can you tell he's just happy? He's enjoying oh, yeah. himself. Yeah, he yeah. said it's like therapy. And I was like, wow. That's kind of, I mean, I've heard so many people say mm-hmm. that about cooking and baking that it's really nice. I've tried. I have not found that to be the case. No. So good for him. No. Yeah. That's what I say. Good for you. And even if it did show you up, it's making life better. Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I still count it as a win. Absolutely. Because you got reduction butter or something. Yeah. I yeah. pushed him off that cliff into cooking. <laughs> and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> so has anyone ever tried to show you up and you knew her for a fact that they couldn't do it better? You're damn right they did. Like me just saying that no, question? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I've talked in the past about a particular advertising company that I worked at mm. where there was a very suspect boss. We drank a lot. Morals were out the window. It was it was anarchy, anarchy. at this place. Okay. But at that place also were a lot of men that thought that they could write better than me even though their job was not writing. There were two designers in particular oh. that would often read my copy and try to change the grammar or change the like tell like <laughs> One, English wasn't his first language. And he was like, no, you, you got to have the comma here. And I'm like, buddy, this is not your job, first of all. And second, you probably know English better than I do. That's true. But no, we're going with this. Yeah. Then once it got to the boss man level and they were all men, they all tried to either change the copy or just write it themselves. And it was always some real generic, terrible, like old advertising copy that no one's going to yeah. no one's going to get behind. So yeah, every time in some ways I was so infuriated because I was feeling like it was a direct comment. Sure. On me. Yeah, of course. But in other ways I was like, yeah, go ahead. Run with that. See what, see what people say about that. Cause yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Let's see what, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. put this out to a vote and mm-hmm. see which one is better. It was almost like watching an experiment too of like gender relations, yeah. you know, and like, yeah. <laughs> Because I was one of just a few females in the creative department. Ugh. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sounds terrible, to be honest. I was better than them, Aaron. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Anything you can do, guess what? I can do it better. And I did it better. And I did it better. Boom. Another question for you, Aaron. Yeah. 
If you had to teach a master class on something, what would it be? Rolling with it. <laughs> Just rolling with it. Just I started singing rolling with the homies in my head. Oh yeah. Rolling yeah. with the homie. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Video. No, I just no, absolutely. Just mm-hmm. rolling with it. Okay. I, I can take a punch like nobody's business. And by punch, I mean like just a life gut punch. Just not an actual punch. Take it and keep on mm-hmm. trucking doubled over. Mm-hmm. Just keep on going. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like my masterclass would be about, rolling with it. It'd be short. It'd be sweet. <laughs> and everybody would walk away, I think, more prepared. I feel like this is kind of related to your commencement speech where you're just absolutely. like, none of this shit matters. Doesn't matter. Nope. Just roll with it. Yeah. That's the secondary part. That doesn't matter. So just roll with it. I really want to start you as a public speaker, get you on the university circuit to really talk to some of the youths and tell them none Mm -hmm. of this shit matters and just roll with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the world would be a better place. I feel like it's one of those things that could either go really well. Like Mm -hmm. it could be like grumpy cat status where you're like, how did that happen? And they, people question like, have you heard her speak? Mm -hmm. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. Like it could be that level or it could just immediately out of the gate be like, that's terrible. We Mm -hmm. never want that again. I see a third option. Remember for a while, (laughs) (laughs) remember for a while, like at the end of the nineties, there was a song where it took like a commencement speech about wearing sunscreen and put it against music. We could do that with you. We could put your speech against music. And people and would release be about it. it. Absolutely. Does that mean I get to kind of rap? Yeah. Then I am in. Yes. I am in. You get to rap nobody like Nobody wants a rapper that nobody, <laughs> like a white female rapper is everybody's first musical choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm in. Yeah, you are. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm doing it. You're going to show everybody up. Spit rhymes like it's my jab. <laughs> Will you participate in rap battles? Why not? Why? Right? Because I can roll with it. <laughs> I can do it better. And at Let's the see end what of you the got, rap Eminem. battle, have you aged? At the end of the rap battle, you'd be like, "Guess what? None of this shit matters." Boom. Guess what? I lost. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Guess what else I'm going to do? Roll on out. <laughs> I see this masterclass going to the top of the charts. I feel like it's great. Yeah, I feel like if you t- you can really take it and apply it in so many situations, you really can. Like, think about how Mr. Rogers' neighborhood would be different if I just walked in, oh my put God. on the cardigan, and was like, guess what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> End of show. Don't have to spend guess any what, more kids? money. None of this shit matters. Doesn't matter. Take your shoes on, take mm-hmm. them off. I don't care. Doesn't I'm going to take matter. this cardigan off and yeah. just and roll on out of here. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. go but binge some Netflix and have some popcorn because it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, you know. So, have you ever been told that you couldn't do something and did it just to prove? that person wrong yes probably not in the same vein that we're thinking but i was told at one point that i couldn't get any tattoos and so once i broke up with that guy i got three freaking tattoos wait it was by a guy i yeah. thought you were gonna say like your parents when no. you're like 12 it was from my boyfriend of 10 years yeah what kind of thing is that to i say? don't know but pretty soon afterwards i got drunk and went and got a tattoo as you should yeah and it was glorious. It was a Margaret Atwood it tattoo. It's sad because I'm guessing this was pre-Snapchat because it'd be great to have recorded <laughs> that and snapped it to that person. It was pre-Snapchat. This was yeah. circa 2011. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. A little bit pre- Yeah. Yeah. And then I, then I was hooked. I was yeah. like, yes. Let's just everything. cover it all. It was the Margaret Atwood tattoo was the first one, the quote. Yes. Yeah. And then I started getting some more. And then I was like, first off, I don't have the money to keep supporting this. Right. Second, I'm, this could go get out of control real fast. I yeah. could just get some sleeves going on. And yes. then two years later, it'd be like, oh, shit, what did I do? Right. Yeah. Thankfully, I nipped it in the bud. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, someone told me I couldn't do it. So once you I got it. out of there, guess what? There you go. I'm going to mark my body 
forever. <laughs> Just to spite, spite you. you. <laughs> Just for spite. <laughs> I think that that's what our t-shirts would say is I did it better. Yes. Just, I did it better. You know, like Nike's just do it. I did it better. I did it better. I did it better. You're damn right. And you can leave it up to your imagination what I did better. Exactly. Because it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if at the end there was an asterisk and it just said it means everything. Right? That's, that's even better. Yeah. That is even better. Yeah. You just did the t-shirt better. I just did you it. just proved it. <laughs> This was just the proof in action. That's what just happened. God. I like to think we're collaborating. We're not competing, Erin. No, no, no. I don't get... No, no. Yeah. I just met with other t-shirt people. You just You're killed right. them. You're you right. murdered the t-shirt murdered industry just now. Yep. They all life-threatening punch. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, how can we compete with these t-shirt ladies? You can't. You can't. You really can't. Except that ours are fictitious and not available <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> because they're so good, we refuse to actually make them. Yes. Because we don't want to show everyone up. I can't keep up with that kind of supply. Exactly. No, because they're going to go to the top of the charts along with your song about not wearing sunscreen and rolling with it. (laughs) Well, now my song is going to have not wearing sunscreen. Okay, terrible advice for me. (laughs) That's true. I guess I got to embrace it. You know what? Doesn't matter. Bird like a lobster. Don't care. (laughs) I will say that that piece of advice is not good for either one of us. You're right. We are we're very very pale. I'm rolling with it in a sensible way. Absolutely. Like, yeah. have your orthotics in your shoes and wear sunscreen. <laughs> no, this shit matters, except maybe protect your skin. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. That's just sensible. You just want to be in pain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. Mm. Well, should we move on to some of our... Should. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. So, for my fiction pick this week, mm-hmm. I picked The Secrets We Kept by Laura Prescott, <sighs> which came out last year. Mm-hmm tell you i read this this week actually i read it fast you did it was real good you're about it <laughs> and just hearing real good just sounds pathetic it's not a really rousing you know this like, book this was real good, good. Was real good. Hey. let me start that again okay. this book was excellent oh, okay and let me tell you about it oh, yeah, please do. okay <laughs> So I think there are several stories happening Mm -hmm. in the book. One is from the West, which is mainly Washington, D.C., and one is from the East, which is mainly uh, Moscow, from 1949 to 1961. Each story is somehow related to the Russian author Boris Pasternak, concentrating on the period when he was struggling to get that novel Dr. Zhivago up and published, and the CIA's involvement in it, which I didn't know was actual fact. So this all sounds very manly, very Mm -hmm. men-oriented, but that's the beauty of this book is that it's all told from the women's perspectives. There's Olga, who is Boris Pasternak's actual real-life mistress um, in Moscow. And in the first chapter, she's captured by the Soviet secret police and sent to a gulag for years because they know that Boris's book is supposedly critical of the Soviet Union. So they can't get at him because Stalin likes him, so they go for Olga, and they send her up to this camp for a few years. Then there's Irina, who is a first-generation Russian-American in Washington, D.C., and she applies for a typist job at the CIA, and she's quickly, because she's Russian, selected for some more covert work. And then there's Sally, who is what's called a swallow, the name for women who flirt and get close to powerful men who can't help but reveal all their secrets. And she is listening that whole time, baby. Um, And she sends all that information back to the spies. So it's Sally who has this amazing quote that kind of sums up the entire book. She says, these men thought they were using me, but it was always the reverse. My power was making them think it wasn't. Oh, mm. get it. 
So along the way, we also meet this entire secretarial pool at the CIA. And there's this great we voice, actually, that the author uses, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And it's mostly comprised of former OSS agents, which was sort of the precursor of CIA. Mm -hmm. Um, All of them did some amazing stuff in World War II, but then they were demoted immediately after and just sent to this typist pool. Um, They're doing the real work of the agency. They're hearing every freaking secret because all these men are dictating letters and whatever to these women. In fact, at one point, there's a call out to the woman, Virginia, who was in that book, A Woman of No Importance. Because after World War II, she was demoted and sent to sort of the typist pool like this. So really cool kind of callback there of that book that I mentioned last year. yeah. Yeah. So all these women... They converge into this crazy-sounding but totally true plot by the CIA to publish Dr. Zhivago. They want to weaponize it in the Cold War and use it to show Soviet citizens that their government isn't allowing free thought. So there's all these machinations going on about how they can get the book out of Russia, how they can publish it in Italy, then how they can publish it in English, and this crazy series of events. And at the same time, two of the women that are critical to this effort, Irina and Sally, they are also being persecuted at home because they are daring to love one another. Oh. So this has everything. It has Cold War history. It has stories from what was called the Lavender Scare this time in the 50s when mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ people were very persecuted. And books as the main source of power. Like, everything is about this book of Dr. Zhivago. Mm-hmm. And... Beyond all that, Laura Prescott is going to be at the Des Moines Book Festival. Yeah, she is. Who else is going to be there, Erin? I, I think I think we are. I think you're right. I think we're going to be there. Yeah. Doing a live podcast. We sure are. Yeah. We're going to be there. Uh-huh. I also am going to use that opportunity to meet Laura Prescott. Yeah, you If are. possible. We're going to use that. I really dig this book. It yeah. was wonderful. Like I said, I read it really fast this week. It was mm-hmm. such a, in my mind, it was very well done, both the story and the writing, and it just sucks you in and... It was it was quite enjoyable. You told me multiple times how much you were enjoying it. Yes, so that I, did. I knew that you. Yeah, that says a lot. So. And once you take that cover off, oh my gosh, the hard cover of the book is also beautiful. It's incredible. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Yeah, it's so cool. So cool. So the secrets we kept. Women be keeping secrets, Aaron. Because they can do it better. They can do it better. They know. How and in to fact, use that. the women here did it better. They, they were instrumental in this whole getting Dr. Zhivago published and m- making a major win in the Cold War. So I know you're more of a history buff than I am. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of it that was true? Did you look yeah. at it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. And in fact, in the acknowledgments that she wrote, she uh, talked about all the books that she consulted and all the research that she did. Wow. Because this Dr. Zhivago plot was recently um, declassified. So oh. just in the last five years was this revealed that this was something the CIA oh, wow. did. I know. Oh, my God. And uh, not much had been written about Olga, the mistress of uh, Boris Pasternak. But she was a huge force in getting him published and getting this work out there. And also being punished for his freaking crimes, but still committing to him, committing to his work, believing in his work. That's incredible. Also, there were points at which I was like, come on, lady. Get away from this guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can see that. I can see how could you went to a freaking work camp for three years. He didn't even meet you at the train station. What are you doing? Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. on. That part, I was a little pissed. Yeah, you but, should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well. I understand why. Well, the fiction that I brought this week is called Behind Closed Doors mm-hmm. by B.A. Paris. And this is a thriller. Um, you might have heard she's written some other books as well. But this one um, 
it was one of the first I read and it just, it was published in 2016 and it's twisty and it's dark and it's different. And I, I loved it from the get-go. So it takes place in London. You've got this couple, Jack and Grace. They seem perfect. Like they're super wealthy. They have these wonderful dinner parties. House is beautifully decorated. Grace always seems perfectly kept and wonderful. Always says the right thing. Just seems great. But women in her life are noticing that it's very hard to get close to Grace. She doesn't open up. She doesn't keep... Um, she doesn't really respond to efforts to like become friends or go places or do things. And so they get the sense that something's like lingering under the surface, but nobody can really put their finger on it because everything seems so great. So there's these questions that start to arise. And then pretty soon you realize as the reader, you are in the middle of a deep psychological thriller. So there's a lot that is seems to be told up front about Jack that he is wealthy, he's great, but he we find out very quickly he's also incredibly abusive. Mm-hmm. And not abusive in just, you know, sometimes how we see domestic abuse maybe in movies or TV, but like a deep, deep I mean, she is his prisoner. He is locking her down during the day so that no one can find out what's oh going on. God. He's used parts, weaponized parts of her life against her, her old life, um, which is part of how she stays silent. He has things so controlled that there's literally no way for her to escape. Um, oh, and when she gets out of hand, he'll, he drugs her for a period of time. Oh my so God. she loses patches of her life. Yeah, it's crazy. But what is so interesting is in this book is that when Grace decides that she's maybe had enough, and there's some particular incidents that tell her that, the way that she systematically goes about figuring out how to take this person down, I think is such an interesting concept because it seems so true to life. Like, okay, you, you're doing this, but I can do this better. Like, you're crazy, <laughs> but I'm going to out-crazy I'm going to out-crazy yeah. you by out-thinking you uh-huh. and out-strategizing, and I can play the long game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and kind of true in your book, too, that sometimes females are better at that, Absolutely. at being able to kind of keep because that Because we've had up. to be in yeah. some ways, yeah. Some parts mm-hmm. of our life are just automatically a ruse, it feels yep. like. And yep. so being able to just keep this up for you, your better good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you, you really like the characters, the stories very compelling, very interesting. You'll read it very quickly. Um, Really talented writer, really deep thoughts there about um, domestic abuse, domestic violence, great psychological thriller. So wow, with this interesting element of, you know, female empowerment. So So. at the end, were you satisfied with the ending? We're okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. It was very well done. Hmm. Enjoyed it. It's terrifying at some points, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, she can totally do it better. She did it better. Hundred <laughs> percent. She did it better. Hundred percent. Not that Jack was setting a real high bar <laughs> on the people level, but mm-hmm. like on a crazy level, he mm-hmm. was real high. Mm-hmm. So, yes. uh, <laughs> other genre. Yes, picks. I chose a memoir this mm. week. It's called "Burn the Place" by Ileana Regan. Oh, it's from last year. And Ileana Regan is a chef. She has two restaurants in Chicago, one of which is Michelin starred, which is one of the highest wow. honors. Yeah, That's for a restaurants. Big deal. And she's got that Michelin star for multiple years wow. for this restaurant. So there's this great quote from The New Yorker that I found this week about this book. It says, Burn the Place is a chef memoir only in the sense that the author turned out to be a chef. More <laughs> rightly, it belongs on a shelf with the great memoirs of addiction, gender ambivalence, and queer coming of age, and of the grand disillusionment that comes from revisiting, as a clear-eyed adult, the deceptive perfection of childhood. 
first off, great writing right there. But also, the quote is absolutely the sense you get from this book. It's so rich in so many ways. So Ileana, she writes about growing up in rural Indiana in this farmhouse and from a very early age being very intimately familiar with the creating of food, whether it's watching and helping her dad butcher some of the animals or foraging in the forests for mushrooms and then using them for meals that night. She remembers her childhood in this very sensory way. And when you're reading it, you're getting all this and you're just like immediately, first off, you're real hungry as you're reading this. Sure. Yeah. Second, it's like, I, I feel inspired. Like I should be out and I should be enjoying cooking and I should learn oh. how to connect with food. I didn't do any oh, of that, okay. but all right. for well, a moment, I mean, it was very inspiring. Yeah. 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 Um, So she talks about this intense connection to food and to the earth that it comes from. But at the same time, she talks about growing up feeling like an alien, like she wanted to be a boy. She knew early she was that she wanted romantically to be with girls. And this is in a very rural place in a very sort of red state place. Mm -hmm. Um, So in part, that led to a very early alcohol and drug addiction Mm. when she was a teenager. So she finds solace in drugs and alcohol, but also in food. She gets her first restaurant job at 15. She works in all sorts of restaurants, in the kitchen, in various places. So she gets to know restaurants very intimately and how that works. She never has any formal training in cooking or anything like that. Um, Eventually, she made her way to this restaurant called Alinea in Chicago, which... If you've ever been in Chicago, it is like the top of the scene. I've never been. It is way too expensive for my blood. But apparently they serve so many courses and it's all like sort of crazy inspiration based on what – way too much for me. Um, I'd be like, where's the cheese Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So she quits Alinea, this top of the Mm -hmm. restaurant world to start a farmer's market stall where she's selling like homemade tortillas and um, from scratch ranch dressing. Oh my gosh. And she called it one sister and it was an, uh, from this article, it also said a hodgepodge of ambitious apartment homesteading built buttermilk fermenting on a shelf, mushrooms, the good kind unfurling in the humidity of her bathroom. And then from that beginning, she formed two restaurants of her own. Wow. So there's a big element in this book that I think kind of relates to our theme this week of not being taken seriously as mm-hmm. a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, the restaurant industry, especially the chef level, is dominated by men. Um, so working her way up as a woman, but especially as a woman with no formal training, was extraordinarily tough mm-hmm. for her. Um, so she was constantly overlooked, constantly second-guessed. And she found that being a chef and being a boss puts you in a very unique position when you're a woman. She said, when you're a woman and you yell, it doesn't have the same effect as the guys yelling. Right. They're like army sergeants. I'm just a crazy bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How true is that? Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So the book itself, she writes in these very sort of short scenes and short vignettes and the way that she writes about food, like I said, holy shit. Um, I, after reading it, I put a bunch of cookbooks on my to be read list and then I, a few weeks later, I deleted them all. So I was like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be realistic. <laughs> but, but, yeah. I mean, hey. it was a very inspiring for a brief yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, in this book, her memoir, it's the first food book to be long listed for the National Book Award since Julia Child's book in 1980. Wow. So, big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's in a great uh, place in her life. She has these two restaurants. She has a partner. She's in a, a really good place. But some of the things that she writes about, it's it's just very heartrending. It also, like I said, it, it makes you think about food. It makes you think about our creation of food. It makes you think about who we are as people and why it's so important to us beyond just the fact that it's delicious. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 
Sounds like and a good one. And she excelled in a male-dominated field. So suck it. Good men. on you. Yeah. Get it. Um, well, for my nonfiction pick this week, I brought someone who also does well in a male-dominated oh. field. Oh. Had to claw her way up, if you oh. will. I brought Dear Girls, Intimate Tales, Untold Secrets, and Advice for Living Your Best Life by Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Yes. So if you're not familiar with Ali Wong, great stand-up comedian. Ugh. She also writes for some TV shows. Yes. She has parts in them. Um, but she really, this book really talks a lot about her coming up in the mm-hmm. stand-up world, um, the differences between what that looks like for male comics and female comics. Yeah. Um, but then uh, because this, it was published in 2019, this is actually written as a series of essays that are like an open letter to her daughters. Mm. So that's how the whole thing starts is like she wants to tell these parts of her life to them and explain why she thinks certain things are important. So just as much as we're getting her kind of rise in stand-up comedy, we're also also getting a ton of just life experience from her, what it's like to be a mom as opposed to what it's like to be a dad, what it's like to be a daughter as opposed to what it's like to be a son, um, all kinds of things that just make for great essays. They make for great um, humorous moments because, of course, tons of her signature humor in this book for sure. But I picked it mainly for this reason, just because of that, like the need to have that idea, like I can do this Mm -hmm. and I can do it better because a lot of times, like with the chef book in a female dominated or a male dominated field with a female, it feels like not only do you have to do it, but you have to do it better. So much better to be taken seriously. You can't just do it. Mm -hmm. It has to be top notch. And she really covers that here too, about her. There's some frustration about seeing male comics just kind of phone it in because they don't have to to, work as hard as she did. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know Ali Wong, I mean, her humor is like, disgusting and terrible wonderful and hilarious because it's honest and it's open and it's like everything you want it to be and she doesn't hold anything back in this i mean you might think that she would because it's an open letter to her daughters not a chance everything's out there um one of my favorite quotes from it is you have suffered enough that became my mantra for motherhood from there on out you have suffered enough. If you can make it easier, make it easier and don't feel guilty about it. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Which was great because, I mean, she was specifically talking about motherhood, but I like that in terms of all, we everywhere. are just freaking yes. martyrs for no good reason. Right. Yes. But because, yeah, we've been taught this lesson, like we yes. have to do it better. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that gets kind of runs away from us and we feel like, you know, everything's overwhelming. We have to do everything perfect. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's different paths. Yeah. So she talks a lot about that. She talks about, having, you know, having guilt about having to leave the kids at a young age, you know, to maybe travel or how her and her husband work that out. And it's just, it's a, it was humorous. It was, you know, touching. I, I really enjoyed it. So isn't the cover her like falling asleep in a chair or something? I don't think she's asleep, but oh, okay. she's in a formal dress <laughs> yeah. and she's just like sitting like in a recliner, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. She is um very open and honest about her body. Yes. And what has happened to her body. Yes. Um, from a couple pregnancies. Yep. And just from living a life. Yeah. And it's wonderful it is and yeah. there's a lot of that in here it's mm-hmm. it's actually really terrific so i think we I actually recommend. mentioned her briefly in a couple episodes ago where yes. the the sort of double standard for mothers and fathers, fathers yeah, yeah which gets addressed yeah. in here about her mm-hmm. saying you know oh your husband's so great because he yes. changed his diapers and you know the kind of difference there and mm-hmm. what that looked like for them and how they were working out their life so then the story of how they met's great their first date story hilarious so it's fun to 
get a look at all that stuff too. I heard her, um, I I follow her on Instagram and it was either there or in an article somewhere where she said, there was one time like a white male comic said to her, Oh, Allie, you're so lucky because you, you know, you're a woman and you're Asian. And I mean, everyone wants that. She's like, um, no, actually, yeah. like I've had to work 15 times more harder than you, jackass. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she actually talks Does about she? that way more in depth in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about that moment. Yeah, in particular. Yeah. Oh. And how misguided. Yeah, yeah. it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, you kind of work in a male dominated field. I do. Um, I do. You've had a few um, interesting uh, encounters where people just suspect you of being a dum-dum because yeah. you're a lady. Yeah. 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 Usually that is the definite uh, mm-hmm. the idea is that I'm an idiot mm-hmm. and or that I'm okay with you calling me honey, dear, oh, or sweetheart. Oh. And unless you are my husband, I'm not okay no. with that. No. Especially not in a condescending, like... Honey, listen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not okay with that. Oh. And that's happened quite a lot. In fact, I told you before, and I may have mentioned it before, that um, I had called someone that in a business situation, and when he answered the phone, he said, oh, you're a woman. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even... What? what? Like, How that's true. That? Why are we starting yeah. the conversation that way? First of yeah. all, we've exchanged emails. Mm-hmm. In what world is E-R-I-N the male spelling of Aaron? Yeah. I mean, it's just not. Like... And then also, what? You can't say that. No. You're a man. Oh, well, you're a man. I assume you are. I can't see you. I don't yeah. know you. I'm yeah. not, we're, we didn't have the discussion about what you identify as, but mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. Ew. So back to the blueprints, you <laughs> psycho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are some days where I can handle it and some days where oh. it just really rubs me wrong. I think sometimes like that, you just need to be like, you're right, sweetheart. I am a woman. Yeah. And just roll right, with honey. it. Yes. Thanks, dear. Sweet cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet cheeks. <laughs> Sugar oh, tits. I don't I would know. Be, you know what? What would happen is I would use those things that people said to me, and then oh, I would get like super you harassment. Would, you would. call me sweet cheeks. So yeah. I'd be like, well, they are sweet. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen you. <laughs> it wasn't based on any facts. <laughs> Maybe your cheeks are terrible. I don't know. <laughs> now you know what it sweet. feels like. Yes. I can do sexual harassment better. <laughs> You know what? We probably would do sexual harassment better because yeah. we've experienced it in every freaking form. So I'd be way more creative. Oh, God, yeah. So much more creative. Yes. It reminds me of something I need to tell you off air. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. We're, we're not feeling ready to share that well, with Well, no, that it's a sketch week. thing okay. that I want to tell you to look great, up great, online. Great. That was okay. hilarious. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to terribly share a sexual harassment story oh, with you Oh, okay. That's fine, too. We're going to have a moment yeah. when this ends. Oh, God. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's bond over sexual harassment. It's going to be wonderful. There's never been a better bonding. We'll light a candle. <laughs> light a candle. I don't know why that seemed right, but it does. That, that, does, that seems like a whole other thing, not sexual harassment. It seems like you're trying to seduce me in some way. With my sob story about With sexual your... Dang it. That was not transparent. <laughs> wow. Huh. And you won't even claim responsibility for our fur baby, so I don't know why you're trying to seduce me well, right that's now. That's a typical thing to do, right? That's is true, to actually. not take my responsibilities, but then still want yes, the rewards. Yes, still want the rewards. Yeah. Oh, God, Aaron. You're learning too much from the men in your I field. Do it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, pop culture was. Yes. I chose a podcast mm. called Encyclopedia Womanica. Ooh. So... They describe it very succinctly as this. Thinking back to our history classes growing up, we had one question. Where are the ladies at? Where are the ladies at? Enter Encyclopedia Womanica. 
So this is super simple. It's a daily five-minute podcast, and each one looks at a woman from history that we probably have never heard of, but we totally should have. Wow. Yeah. Um, Every month is themed. There was a month for women excelling in male-dominated STEM fields that we've never heard of, either because their work was not talked about or probably claimed by right, some dude. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, there was a month about women leaders. Mm. There, Right now, the, this month is warriors. Like, I just listened to one about the British warrior, Boudicca. Mm. Um, it's all over history, too. It's very recent history. It's to BC times. I mean, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's wonderfully researched. I don't know how they find all this stuff, but it's as far as I can tell, it's two women, two sisters that are doing this. One that hosts the show and one that does some of the research and back-end stuff. Okay. Incredible. Um, so many of the women mentioned, like I said, have been overlooked. They've been in the background. So many had their achievements claimed by men. So many were killed for their actions. So I love it because it's quick. You learn about an incredible woman from the past. And overall, especially if you catch up, you know, you're listening to a few at a time, you just get this sense cumulatively Mm -hmm. of how revolutionary women have been. But we just haven't been taught about it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So, yeah, I think it's excellent to add to your podcast. Listens. (laughs) Repetition. You made a real weird face when you did that. Repertoire. Oh, boy. <laughs> she hates it so much. Now we'll be There's able- something weird with her, your lip that you're doing that's just, it's too much. You know what I and- just realized when you were talking? What? I, I was like, why do I feel a little out of my head? Like, I haven't been able to talk that well. It's because I took Benadryl and then we drank. Oh, my God. <laughs> You are high like, on this podcast. I'm like, why does my tongue feel kind of thick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm oh, doing. Oh, it's our first podcast on drugs. Look at that. Ooh, I can Woo! do it better. <laughs> Illicit street drugs? Nah, I got Benadryl, bitches. <laughs> Benadryl and Moscato, the killer combo. <laughs> Oh man, women can do it better. Yeah, yeah that's a, yeah. that's something to claim right there. I'm sorry, that sounds great, like a great podcast. I didn't mean to ruin the end of it with my repertoire. <laughs> it was glorious. Again, another moment that I wish we had um, visual element of yeah, this podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Well, for... can you make it through the rest? Are you, are you okay? Do we need to stop? Okay. <laughs> I well, was I looking I at some point I was looking at you and you were making like weird adjustments in the way you were sitting and like your face and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> no, it's just Aaron realizing she's high. Yeah. So it's yeah, great. A little bit, a yeah. little bit. Uh-huh. All right. So for pop culture, I think that this week, the thing that relates best to this theme for me and that you all need to watch without any judgment <laughs> is cheer. Oh, from Let's Netflix. I have been hearing about this <sighs> show. You told me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's hear about it. It was released in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's a docuseries that follows Navarro College's competitive cheer squad. Now, I know that that sentence might not have you sucked in. It mm. didn't really me either, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I kept hearing about it. I thought I'm going to give it a try. And I 10 minutes in and I was done for. I binge watched the shit out of that. Wow. So Monica Aldama is the head coach. And she has been like this killer person in the cheer squad field like she has done things with this team that have never done 
been done before. So Navarro College is actually a junior college, like a two-year college. And they get to compete at the collegiate level with other four-year colleges. That's how good they are. So because of that, because they're a two-year, a lot of the students on her squad come from difficult backgrounds Mm -hmm. or come from maybe backgrounds that wouldn't have the traditional options of like a four-year school or didn't get into a four-year school. So you have kind of these great stories behind the scenes too that, and then they explain what Monica's done for them, what this competition has done for them. And then in between that, you are seeing these routines and people do things with your bodies that you did not (laughs) know were possible. It is insane. It's insane. Oh. Yeah. Am I going to feel bad about the fact that I can't really um, stretch fully out over my legs? No. Okay. Because there's a lot of injuries that'll tell you. Oh. It's good I don't oh. do that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's okay. a lot of injuries oh. in the show. I'm just warning you uh-huh. up front. Terrific, though. Are they and bending things that shouldn't bend? Well, and- I mean, they're throwing people around. Oh, I mean, yeah. people are going to fall and stuff. Okay. It's part of it. Okay. But what I, what I like about it... Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't the moments like the cheesy, what you expect, cheer, competition level things to be, that there's not some of that body image stuff in there because sure. we know that goes along a lot yeah. of times with athletes. Um, but really, what I really sucked me in was this story of how great Monica is as a coach and how she balances being a great coach but also knowing when to intervene, knowing when to say they need to work that out on their own or I need to help them. Um when she gives people second chance, when she doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, it, she's done such a great job growing that program from an awards standpoint that they've won, you know, top awards many, many years. Um, but also just how she's bringing all these people together and what a across the board, the respect that they have for her just tells you a lot. So I, yeah, I was about it. It was wow. good. And I'm telling you, those routines are, wow. Like if you ever wanted to say a cheerleader's not an athlete, you should watch that and go. I think you're right. Wow. Even even just the idea of that sport, people don't consider it a sport compared to men's sports. No. So yeah, that's a really and the good level, pick. the amount of time that they're working out, the amount of time they're doing routines, the amount of extra other workouts they're doing besides the. I mean, it's oh, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's real crazy. And yeah, there's that element where they got to put all the makeup on and get their hair done mm-hmm, and bump mm-hmm. it and do all that stuff, but pff, doesn't even come close to the yeah. stuff in practice it was well, so fascinating well and i remember you said too when you were describing it to me that sometimes uh especially some of the students this is a chance for them that they may not have had absolutely yeah. yeah one of my favorite um characters or in this season was lexi who just really wouldn't have had an opportunity mm-hmm. otherwise if monica hadn't taken her in and she's this amazing gymnast that just kind of needed someone to show her there was a different path um there's a guy named jerry on there who lost his mom and was taken in by another cheer family like since high school oh, wow. and this mom has helped him get into college and do all these things great spirit just like a person you just want to be around like he just seems like he's amazing uh-huh. like he's a cheerleader in every aspect of his life oh, you know wow. he's always pumping people up and being a great friend and i just man i got sucked right yeah in. can you be a cheerleader if you're kind of um a misanthrope and you don't like people I mean, probably. Okay. Then maybe I could do it. Just be like the person, well, you don't have to yell a lot. Are you okay with oh. that? Like the cheering yelling? No. You don't have to yell at anyone, just like yourself. Just, okay. Maybe okay. you could channel it into like a, you know, a yeah. stress reliever. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still stuck on the fact that I'm not flexible. Yeah, that's really. going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> probably a problem. Yeah. What about you? Can you? Could you be competing on this level? No, I mean, I have double jointed elbows. Oh. So things look really weird if my arms oh, get involved. Oh. Like they always look like they're being broken oh, and they're God. not. <laughs> so oh. I feel like day one, there'd be a lot of like, what? Oh, no, we 
broker. Oh, no, no, no. She's okay. And then when I actually did get broken, it might look normal. And they'd be like, you're fine. I'd be like, no, this means it's broken. This is bad. Yeah. Oh, also, just the idea of that makes my tummy turn. I can't do what it takes to get into that uniform either. I oh, mean, God, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. No. But kudos to them. Kudos to them. Because it is something. Well, okay. I'll have to give this a shot. Yeah. I like See the way I they did it. it. I like the way they did the series, the way they put it together, the interviews, everything. I've You're right it. that, like, I think in my head I've been putting it off because it's cheerleading sounds frivolous or mm-hmm. something. I haven't been thinking about the athletic component of it and how intense it is, which is probably part of the reason that this yeah, show honestly, is, is connecting. Yeah. There's very little of them, like, in this che- sense of cheering, yeah. like, at games or anything. It's really them doing this routine to compete. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's almost more in line with gymnastics when you're yeah, watching it yeah. than, a, than the traditional cheerleader sure. we're used to. But sure. it's very – I mean, when you see the stuff they do and the amount of time – and repetitiveness it takes to get that done it's impressive wow yeah okay so they well, can do it better they're oh, doing it better they could do it all the big guns <laughs> they're getting it done they could do it a lot better than us yes yes 100 percent. even when i was that age i couldn't do that shit no no there was never a time in my life i could do that good lord no i might have weighed the same when i was a baby but i mean let me just say i i tripped when i was running so i'm not gonna be yeah. and broke my jaw so i'm not uh, gonna be good at yeah, you know yeah Flips and yeah, they do this thing called baskets, and they're catching people and throwing them. I mean, when oh. you see some of the stuff that they do, I'm like, how is that even possible? Oh, God. I mean, you see someone do like basically a cartwheel in the air, and two girls catch them <gasps> on their shoulders, and she's just standing there. I mean, it's like mind-boggling. I had to rewind it a couple times, or you know, back yeah. it up to be like, what did I just see? Wow, am I watching what I think I'm watching? Did Mike get into this? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, I didn't watch as much component. with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he wasn't around for some of the episodes. He was busy but- cooking. Yeah, he's busy making salmon and white wine reductions. You send him off into the kitchen and be like, make that food, baby. Make some salmon. I'm going to watch this pomp. (laughs) Good. His place is in the kitchen. I will tell you that I liked it so much that one of the last episodes is them going to the competition and Mm -hmm. I saved it. I was like, oh, I knew I was there, but I was a little bit tired. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to wait. I got to be fresh for this. I got to be ready. I want to be be in the mental headspace to see what happens with them. I love when you're in a show like that, though. When you feel like, okay, I'm going to be so invested. I have to be fully ready for this experience. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. So you guys watch that. And then next week, come back, Mm -hmm. back to this Mm -hmm. and get another recommendation. Yeah, we're back every Wednesday. We sure are, Aaron. And in the meantime, while you're watching that, if you mm. want to have a little computer in front of you, you could go to little tippity typing little. <laughs> you could go to broadsandbooks.com and find all these recommendations. The sounds change every time. A little If you want to clickety clack on over to our website, you can find a lot of bonus material. So much. There's a really good amount mm-hmm. and variety mm-hmm. of bonus stuff. And there's more coming. So just so prepare yourselves. All for the time. That. Yeah. All the time. Also, we could use a review. We could. So it would help so much. Apple Podcasts, easy. If you have an Android, you mm-hmm. can do that by going to Podchaser is a great way to do that. Or just reach out to us. Yeah. Let us know what you like. God, you like me high? That can keep happening. <laughs> Oh no! Is this going to set like a standard? And each time you're just going to have to get my more mind high. Is not clear. Oh no! No, it's is cloudy. Just cloudy? cloudy, cloudy with a chance of rain and meatballs. With a chance and- of meatballs. <laughs> yep, cloudy with a chance of meatballs in there. Just raining down meatballs. <laughs> <laughs>
Balls of meat. Well, while Erin maybe takes a nap after this episode yeah, before she right? drives home, uh, <laughs> you can think about some theme ideas. Because guess what? We've taken listener suggestions in the past, and we have run with it. Run. They are glorious. Wonderful. We have made them wonderful to listen to. So you can do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Send them our way. Do it. You can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website. And if you're in the Des Moines area and you want to buy some of these recommendations, you can find amazing used books at Plain Talk Books and Coffee, mm-hmm. where we have a shelf, mm-hmm. or Beaverdale Books, where you can buy new books, where we also have a display. So get out there. Basically, our goal is to dominate the Des Moines metro area. Domination. And after that, the world. Exactly. Really. Done. Until that domination happens. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.